Jones. I am one of the co-founders of Good Faith. And I'm Michelle Fry, co-founder and CEO of Good Faith. And what we love about beauty is that it's a self-expression and something unique to every person. And we absolutely love that it's constantly evolving. From New York City, you're listening to Beauty Is Your Business, covering the intersection of innovation and business in the beauty industry. I'm Jessica Quick, co-host of today's episode, Beauty is Your Business. I'm joined by my business partner and co-host, Denise Dante. Hi, Jessica. How are you? I'm well. Thank you. And we also have Katie and Michelle. Hi, ladies. Hi. Excited to be here. Hi. Yes. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us today. We fell in love with the fact that both of you have come into founding a brand called Good Faith and really would love to hear a little bit about how you got here. How did you get to the point of co-founding this? Yeah. So it's been a journey. It's been about two years in the making to give a little bit of background as to how we connected. So my experience has been in the beauty industry for the past 15 years or so, developing products for some pretty large brands in both color cosmetics and skincare. I had always wanted to branch out on my own one day and kind of do something on my terms. As someone in product development, oftentimes there's pressure to innovate for the sake of innovation and just create newness that's not necessarily for the consumer's benefit, but more for the business side of it. And that didn't really sit well with me because I'm a consumer first and foremost. And so this was weighing on me and I had this on my heart. And I actually met Katie through another work opportunity. And we truly just connected on the fact that we had a shared passion for that and that we both felt that there was something missing there. And so I'll hand it over to Katie to share kind of her perspective on that. But that's really what started and led us to where we are today with Good Faith. Awesome. Yeah. So honestly, prior to Good Faith, I was a beauty consumer only. This is my first experience really kind of behind the curtain of the beauty industry, but I've been a lifelong consumer of it. More dollars than I'd like to admit have gone to the industry and just always been a really big fan. But I just also had a lot of questions. I think a few years ago, I was starting to kind of wake up to the idea of just wanting to use higher quality products. I was getting a little bit older, wanting to just make sure I was really taking good care of my skin, be a little bit more preventative than I was in my teen years. And as I started to do some research on the types of products that I thought would be good for my skin health and also just a fun experience, oftentimes what I was finding is honestly, the prices were just really high. And I'm the type of person that when I get passionate about something, I just want to share it with all my friends and family. I turn into like a little salesperson with them. They probably think it's so annoying, but part of that is wanting to make sure that what I'm talking to them about is something that will be good for them. And while so many of these products I was finding, I knew might be great for their skin health and all of those things. Like financially, I knew, okay, maybe this wouldn't be the best thing in terms of that. And so just knowing Michelle's background, I started asking her these types of questions. Like, do these products with these ingredients, do they need to cost this much? Is this real or is there something else going on here? And so we just kind of got to talking and like she said, found we just have so many of the same passions, just wanting to bring really high quality products to the market, but then do it at prices that we felt like would make them accessible to more women. Cause huge pet peeve of mine is how I feel like so many of the things that everybody wants are just 
priced in ways that people can't afford them. Big beef I have with organic food. If it's better for all of us, why can so many people not afford it? It's just expensive. So, and I get too that there's reasons why. So that's kind of what the spark this conversation with Michelle is like, is this real or can we maybe do it differently? So the early conversations of good faith, those were the things we were chatting about. So it sounds like you obviously met together in a work environment, both hit off the fact that you love beauty. So then what was it? It's obviously with your past experiences, you have probably come across thousands of people that would be fun to work with. What was it about each other that made it an opportunity for both of you to say, yep, you're the right partner to start this beauty company with? So I think for me, what initially attracted me to Michelle is just that we were aligned on so many of our personal core values, like who we are as people, the things we really value in life. I think that's so important if you're going to be in a business partnership with someone. I mean, it's a lot like a marriage where you are making big decisions together and you're working super closely together and there's high highs and there's low lows with that person. And so I just think that having that foundational similarities between us was something that initially, like I just felt really comfortable with her, really safe around her. I felt like I could be my true authentic self and kind of open up. And that's something I value so much in a business partnership is just I mean, we have so many conversations where we just come and say, okay, I'm going to be super raw right now. And it's just an open dialogue. So that initially, and then just kind of as we explored it more and really started to explore the idea of, okay, are we really going to do this? This is a big leap here. Our backgrounds that don't necessarily overlap really at all, to be honest. I feel like we have really complementary strengths and that she is an absolute magician with these formulas and they completely blow me away. And I'm like her biggest fan and her first customer with everything she creates. And then my background, which is more on the the back end of business, where I tend to be more comfortable behind the scenes and supply chain, logistics, operations, data analysis, all that type of stuff. So I feel like I can really take a lot of that off of her plate and just let her focus on where she shines. So I think the combination of the two just complementary values, but then very different backgrounds in, in business. That makes a lot of sense. And I can tell you, Denise and I also as a partnership, which is probably why it's such an interesting question for us. And we love understanding how people come together to run their companies, especially when there's two people in charge. It's fascinating. But I love what you said, Katie, because it is about not only that you can have different skills that you bring to the table, talents, but also that you enjoy working with each other. It's the person you want to pick up the phone and celebrate when you have the win, but also the person that you can fight with and that you have similar morals because obviously, as we all know, the journey in entrepreneurship and starting a brand is not easy. So you're going to have those bumps and how do you overcome them? And are you both capable of doing that together? So it's a fascinating part of this journey for you. Michelle, Katie was mentioning your background and that you are a wizard. I think she used the word wizard. So that's a high bar. She mentioned that you're a wizard with product development. Can you tell us a little bit about your background with that and how you developed Good Faith and what the products actually are? Yeah, so it's going to sound kind of crazy, but it's absolutely true. I have been mixing up products since I was about six years old. So at six years old, I told my parents, this is, I want to make makeup and creams one day. And I would go into my mom's vanity and I would collect her things and I would break them up and mix them together. And I kind of started on this journey. And truly from that point on through high school into college, my focus was really creating product and how I was going to learn everything I could 
to create the products that I want to use, that my friends and family would want to use. And so you know, I went to FITM, learned a lot about beauty there, specifically went there because I wanted to learn from industry professionals, people that had been in those roles previously and was lucky enough fresh out of school to get a job at Urban Decay, you know, working directly with Wendy Zomner and Amy Zinzanegi, two incredible women within the industry who taught me a lot and gave me a chance at a very young age. And so I kind of was thrown into this environment of develop products for Urban Decay and hard candy. And it was fantastic. And then from there, wanted to branch out into skincare as well and started working at Dermalogica, which was great, which is actually where I met Jessica initially and got a whole different world of experience there. And that was kind of when brands were starting to talk about clean and there was this push to clean up the formulations there a bit more and live up to these new industry standards. And so I went from learning everything about color to everything about skincare and then made a departure back to color at Too Faced from Too Faced was at Bosha, and then ultimately from Bosha landed here with Good Faith. And in all of those places, I have just spent as much time as I can focusing on how the ingredients work, what function they have in every formulation, which ones are really necessary and which ones aren't, and why do certain ones cost more so that when we approach every formula, I am not simply going to a lab and saying, we want a moisturizer. It's no, I want a moisturizer and I want this, 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 and that in it. And I'm very, very specific. And I think that's what's different about Good Faith versus some other brands and that a lot of times stock formulations are used or you're letting your lab lead your development. And for us, that's not the case. We are incredibly thoughtful as to every single thing that goes in our products. And you know, I'm fortunate that I've had this journey through the industry at a lot of these incredible brands to get me here so that I'm able to do that for Good Faith. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, the product line, the marketplace that you looked at, who your consumer is? Tell us a little bit about the formulations and Katie was mentioning they're cost effective. So can you dig into that a little bit for us? Yeah, absolutely. So we decided to really start with products that could be used for any skin type. So our demographic is truly 18 to 35. And so, you know, we were looking initially to our own needs the needs of our friends and family members, kind of our circle. And then from there, really decided to dive in with doing some market research, collecting all of the information we needed about this demographic, built out a panel, asked questions, had real life people testing and giving us feedback throughout the development process. And then ultimately, we landed on these products that could be used in any skincare routine to start. And so we started off with a cleanser, a toner, a serum, a moisturizer, and an eye cream, really giving you those core products that everyone needs. And then we decided, you know, we can't stop there. If we're really about skin health and wellness, then there's more to it than just the topical products. And so we took a look at supplements as well, you know, and got an understanding of what could we be taking that's going to impact our skin as well to give people a more holistic approach and really connecting those dots between skincare and wellness. And so we added two additional products in supplement form to really give you everything you need for a foundation for skin health long-term. And as part of that process in collecting research about this demographic, we really found that, yes, there are options available to her, but oftentimes they're too expensive. And so we looked at competitively what's available to her 
she actually can't always afford it, or she's having to trade something to be able to purchase that product, or if there are less expensive options available to her, she's sacrificing something. You know, those brands are unfortunately having to cut something to be able to create those products. And we thought this shouldn't be her problem. We shouldn't ask her to sacrifice anything. We don't want to sacrifice anything. We don't want our friends or family to. How can we give her the effective formulation, the beautiful packaging and experience, the whole thing that she wants, but in a way that's accessible? And so we worked very hard to do that and landed on these seven products to give her just that and what's been missing for so long, unfortunately. I love what you just said about accessible beauty. That is definitely something that I think is a niche area that you've tapped into. So congratulations on that. You really are a wizard. I'm, I'm with Katie on that. You really are a wizard. <laughs> Thanks so much. <laughs> so obviously it would be anybody's dream to walk up to a lab and say, I want all of these ingredients and I want to do it at this price point, which is typically when you get the pushback. How were you able to maneuver through that to get to a place where you could have the things you love in the product, but also at the accessible price? We approached formulation looking for tried and true ingredients. So a lot of times what's happening is that in the process of development, there's this push on both sides for innovation. And innovation is great if innovation leads to efficacy, in my opinion. If innovation is for the sake of marketing, it's fluff. And I don't believe in fluff. So for us, it was... Let's forget the fancy new ingredient that's more expensive, that doesn't do anything better than the tried and true. Let's lead with efficacy. And so if we want our moisturizer to deliver on this promise, these are the ingredients we need. This is what we need to obtain a certain texture. That's more important to me than trying to add a fancy ingredient to charge more because that's what's happening in many cases. And you know we stand true to the fact that you can create incredibly effective formulations that are accessible in terms of price point. And we were able to do that. And it wasn't easy, but we found suppliers that believed in us and saw that there's this white space in the industry and that we are going to come in and fill that gap and the consumer is deserving of it. And so, you know, was it challenging in many ways? Yes, but we're very happy to have pulled it off for our consumer We're so proud that we're able to provide products that we know work and always deliver on those promises, but aren't going to break the bank for her. And Katie, if Michelle is the wizard and the front of the house working on all the products and formulas, you were mentioning that you really specialize in the back of the house piece. So now that you've got all these great formulas that Michelle's been working on and developed and in packaging, and you've just recently launched... On the back end, what area are you focused on and what magic are you working? I, like I said earlier, really just try to let Michelle run with the front. I want her focused on formulas and just absolutely bringing the best products possible. And then for me, my goal is to just always be on the back end supporting her. I like to think I have the back end on lock. I mean, I'm really focused on trying to make sure that we are ready to scale. I think what's a unique challenge about businesses like this is you start small and you start off organically, but in this day and age, especially with social media, like you don't know when your product's going to end up in the hands of someone with a lot of visibility. So it's this unique balance of wanting to make sure that we're careful of the budget, very conscious of the budget so that we're not too big before we need to be, but then also being ready that if tomorrow our product ends up in the hands of 
some well-known celebrity that all of a sudden is in love with it. Like we need to be ready to fill those orders. I want to make sure that if people want our product, they can get it. So my focus has really been on fulfillment. So making sure that we're able to ship orders in a timely manner. That's a great customer experience too. Making sure that the customer service is down and that we're able to answer those types of questions for them. And really just working with the team too, to make sure that everybody kind of has their marching orders. We all know what we're tasked with at any given time. I mean, we're such a small team at this point that we're wearing tons of hats. Everybody is. So just trying to kind of facilitate how the the team is working together and making sure that everybody's happy. Everybody's working synergistically. And I mean, ultimately our main focus and our main goal is just providing that excellent customer experience. So it's tricky right now. Like I said, just trying to be cautious of how small we are. We're ready to launch when, (laughs) when necessary. To scale up, right? Exactly. Yep. With all of the challenges everyone is facing right now, heading into holiday and supply chain and so forth, what are some of the things that you're doing, if you can share, that are keeping you obviously able to fill your orders, but how are you able to prepare for the future so you could essentially be ready if you needed bigger orders place? What are some of the things you're doing? We're keeping a super close eye right now on our supply chain. It is, we're in a very unique season right now. I see articles every day about how many ships are lined up outside the ports and just the delays that we're seeing. So it's, I'll be honest, it's a unique challenge right now. Lead times are longer than I've ever seen them in in my career. And granted, I've not really been on this side of beauty before, but in my background in health and wellness and other similar industries. So the longest lead times I've seen in my career. So we're having to just keep a really close eye on it. We're teeing things up where we can to be able to quickly place those orders. There are steps to being able to refill our inventory. So we're, we're just trying to have everything as teed up as possible so that, and we're really keeping an eye on like, what's that trigger point where we, okay, now we go. So really close eye and just doing what we can ahead of time so that when we need to go, we can. So one thing that I think is really interesting with Good Faith is the fact that you launched it during COVID, during a time when there was a lot of unknowns. So how did you decide how much should we order? When should we launch? How do we launch and get consumer awareness? Love to know about that. Yeah, so it was obviously a challenge for so many brands as we were seeing just the spending patterns of consumers change in beauty simply due to the fact that they were home more and they weren't able to go get the services they wanted. And really, we saw an increase in self-care. And so for us, we took a look at what was happening in the industry, you know, connected with other brands and, and our resources and ultimately decided to take an approach to have enough inventory to get us through our launch. But as Katie mentioned earlier, be cautious in that because we are still new. And so, you know, it was a bit of a a gamble starting out in this, you know, challenging period. But ultimately, I think because we are within a skincare and wellness focus, we've been fortunate that that is where there's a lot of attention within the industry right now. And we're seeing that we're actually filling a need that people are looking to more than ever because COVID shifted the way they approach beauty. So when you were doing the research and deciding to launch the brand, you had mentioned earlier how you did focus groups, even friends and family, you did market research. Is that some of those pieces, were they able to lead you to when the right time was to launch or what to launch to know that it was a skincare and supplement time? Did you use some of that data? Yes, Definitely. That did help drive us. I mean, we had quite honestly, even more products that we were considering and we were very conscious of 
being curated in what we launched with to ensure that what we were providing was what the consumer really needs and wants. And so we took all of that into consideration and we weren't going to come out with 20 products to try to sell 20 products. It was, we're going to come out with what the consumer absolutely needs at this time. And so we, you know, we really leaned heavily into that process and had so many conversations and we're fortunate that, you know, these focus groups were really paid off for us and that we got such great feedback on everything. And ultimately that's what led us to creating this specific collection of seven products to start. And just in terms of launch timing too, I mean, we started on this project prior to COVID actually. So it was right around, I want to say it was August, 2019, Michelle, correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah, about two years before launch. And we never really had a launch date in mind. Like we didn't start and say, okay, August of 2021, that's when we're launching. It was just like a really genuine evolution of, okay, we see this gap in the market that we feel as consumers and we want to try to come in and fill it. And Michelle, I know you can create products that do that and I can help you get the stuff locked down on the back end to do so. So we just started talking about, okay, if we're going to do it, what types of products do we want to bring? And that's when we brought in friends and family and other women in our lives that are in the demographic and just started to really ask those questions. And then fast forward six months and COVID hits and the world is upside down. We're now working on Zoom, which is a huge learning curve for us and trying to facilitate meetings with the team. We actually hired two team members during COVID that I didn't even, one of them I didn't even meet till like a month before launch. It was wild in person. I mean, obviously talked a lot over Zoom and whatnot, but just kind of the evolution, we wanted to make sure that we weren't speeding things up or cutting corners to hit some like arbitrary deadline that we had set for ourselves. We really took our time to figure out what do we want to bring? How can we do it the best way possible? How can we provide the best experience? We wanted to make sure that when we launched, we weren't leaving anything on the table. And we were super proud and excited to bring to the consumer what we were. So truthfully, we didn't set the launch date until a few months prior. And it was really just, okay, we're ready now. I mean, we have, we feel good about what we have and we're ready to go. So I kind of love that about our story too, that we were just really patient. We wanted to make sure that it was perfect. And I mean, oh my goodness, the amount of testing we did on these products, you should see under my sink. It's just piles and piles of little testing bottles, but we wanted to just make sure that the final product was absolutely perfect. And so then did you already know that it was going to be D to C through all of this? Obviously you had a bit of time, but was the plan always to be D to C or did that come about in this process of trial and testing and developing the overall thinking of the brand? Sure. So I think it's a combination. I think definitely D to C was always how we were going to start. My background is in Amazon, selling and building brands on Amazon. So I'm very comfortable on that online space. So I think we always knew we were going to start that way. And then when COVID hit and so many brick and mortar stores shut down or just people necessarily weren't as comfortable going to them, we just kind of saw the industry shift towards online. For us, it kind of confirmed, okay, this is at least how we're going to launch. And then now as we start to see the world open back up again, we're very open to retail. We're excited to explore those partnerships. But yeah, I think initially we were going to focus on D2C and online and then see how it evolves. Yeah, the D2C world is really interesting. And selling skincare and selling a brand that is new on the market via you know, this channel is super interesting. So with your background in Amazon, how did you reach that audience that you were trying to get to? Accessible, attainable beauty, looking for powerful skincare results. 
at a you know modest price. So how did you go after your audience, your consumer? Sure. So it's a huge learning curve selling off of our own website versus Amazon. Amazon is, it provides just this incredible opportunity because they have such a broad established customer base that just on that platform, you're visible to people. But then with your own website, you have to drive people there. So it's been a unique challenge. I'm definitely, I think, just initially much more comfortable in being able to figure out how to get people onto our product listings that are already on Amazon. I think that's kind of where I specialize more. But we're working really hard to learn, okay, now how do we get the Google searcher to find our site? And honestly, a big part of that has been social media. I mean, we've just seen it completely take over online retail. It's absolutely wild the power it has. So we're really trying to utilize that amazing tool as a way to really connect with our customer. I think that's one thing that's so fun about selling off of Amazon is on Amazon, it's Amazon's customer. And we really have very little ability to interact with them and talk with them, find out how are they liking the product? What can we do better? What are they wanting to see from us? But off of Amazon, we have that ability. So really trying to utilize social media at this point to connect with our consumers. And ultimately, we want to be the brand that brings them what they want from us. So really excited about the future. We have some fun ideas up our sleeve, but also just really wanting to make sure that we're, if if there's products that they love out there, but maybe they're thinking like, Hey, I love this product. It works so well. Everybody raves about it, but oh my gosh, I can't with that price point. (laughs) We want to explore that for them and say, okay, if you love this product, let us see what we can bring you. And we'll be transparent we can do it for this price. Do you like that or not? Is that good? You know? And in some cases, maybe we can really move the needle and bring the price down by a lot. In some cases, you know what? No, maybe that price point is legit. And we can just be super transparent about it and say, hey, this ingredient costs this much for XYZ reasons, but if you want it, we can still do it. So I think that's one thing I'm really excited about going forward is we have our basic regimen and now we can really start to engage and bring to them what they want to see and just be really transparent about how how much it's going to cost to do so. Definitely the community engagement, right? And being able to work with the consumers directly through through social has been such a changing element for our industry. Love that you guys are working on new things and building that community. Is that something you can share a little more about? What you might already have heard back and what you might be working on? Of course, we're actually, we're happy to, we're, we're really transparent because we want that feedback. So we're happy to let people kind of in behind the scenes of this, because ultimately, you know, we value that feedback so much. We're not the brand that's going to say, suddenly here's a reveal. We haven't really reached out to our community in the process. Our community is everything to us. And so we've already heard some feedback regarding the existing formulas and maybe what they want to see next. And so we do have some products in the works that we're really excited about. We have a great launch that's coming up in the first part of 2022. That's going to address some concerns specifically of our demographic. And we love that we're bringing some innovation to that in a way that, again, is effective, but accessible. And quite honestly, we have products even beyond that at this point. And so we're looking to actually reach out to that community and bring them in now to that panel of ours to get their feedback, to have them be part of our process, because this really is for them. And so we're excited to start that. And we're going to reach out via social media and continue to use this platform to grow that good faith panel and really connect with her and give her the chance to be part of the formulation and creation of the product itself. 
So knowing how important the community is to you, are you then doing your community management in-house or are you guys going outside? How are you managing that part, knowing it's going to be a big focus for the company? Yeah, for us, because it is so important, we are keeping that in-house and we really want to maintain that control internally so that we are the ones connecting and we're not going through somebody else and it's not a game of telephone. You know, when we get feedback through social Katie and I are getting it immediately and we're involved in the response. And so we work really closely with someone who supports us in in social media to to really manage that communication back and forth to our followers because we think it's incredibly important and we want them to know that they're really connecting with us directly. The decision makers, the ones that are going to create this product or these products with them in mind. And we love every part of it. I can't tell you how excited we are when we get feedback and when we hear suggestions and when we get that communication going. It's exactly why we're doing this. Michelle, I feel like has been my like beauty big sister and that she just has so much wisdom of industry experience and knowledge and with ingredients and formula. So wanting to be that for our community too, where if they have questions about different products or different ingredients, or like we even got one last night on our social media talking about a fragrance and products, and they're just genuinely curious about how does that affect this or that? So wanting to make sure that we are a source where if they have those questions, they know that they can come to us and they're going to get it's us behind the screen answering them. So wanting to be that for them too. I think everybody loves their their best friend who is knowledgeable about things and they're just a trusted source of information. So wanting to be that for our community too. Yeah, that is such a great way of approaching things, which leads me into that question about the name Good Faith. It sounds like it really comes from the root and the core of who you are. So love to know a little bit about how you came up with the name. What does the name mean? It's such a great name. Thank you. We love the name. It was quite the process to find it, honestly. Like I said, it was two years of working on this before it launched. And so for the first year, I'd say the name was something that we were actively working on. It didn't start with the name and then we built from there. We were already working on who are we? What do we want to do? Kind of what's the foundation of this brand? What's the point of it? And being really transparent has always been kind of at the the core of who we are. For me, it started out of those questions to Michelle, do these products need to cost this much? I mean, that was like, I think the first question I asked her. So just wanting to be really transparent with our consumer. So just in the evolution of trying to find the name, I'll be honest, we tried, we we were working with a trademark attorney because we wanted to make sure that we weren't going to step on anybody's toes. Definitely didn't want to steal a name. Very good. Yes. So we sent him 99 names and all of them, he came back. Sorry, it's taken. I mean, 99 names. We were making up words at this point. Like (laughs) we were typing letters into like a word jumble and like, I don't even know how we pronounce that, but see if it's taken. And we got so discouraged. I'll be super honest. We were like grasping at straws where we wanted the name to just be something that was so meaningful and so true to who we are, something that people could see the name and instantly get an idea about us. But we were just really struggling to find it. And so we were on a team meeting all on Zoom and we were just kind of commiserating. Like, this is so hard. Why are all the names taken? Everything good's used. Are there any names left? I think at one point we were like, just ask the attorney what we can use then. And so But then someone on our team said, you know what, let's just be patient. The right name will come and we'll all know when we hear it. And off to the side, I'm like Googling with the thesaurus and I'm just trying to type in words that I feel like encompass who we are. So I think I typed in like genuine and then I just kept clicking down this list of synonyms. And I think like six clicks in, I saw the term good faith. 
And so I clicked it and I'm like, okay, that's interesting. And the definition is a legal term and it means with honesty and sincerity of intention. And I was like, that right there is exactly what we're trying to do. Trying to just be super honest, have sincere intentions. I love the way it sounds. So then quickly, I'm like, what is this taking? So I Google it, nothing comes up, great sign. And so we shot it over to the attorney and he was like, I can't even believe this, but shockingly, it's open in your space. So it was totally meant to be. And we all knew immediately and we love the name. We feel like it so perfectly describes us, but quite the journey to find it. I'll be honest. It it didn't come to us easily. No, it's such a good name. And it does definitely, after being able to speak with you guys, it definitely encapsulates you two, but also this brand and what you've developed. One last quick question that you kind of had me thinking about is, you know, as we wrap up here, what was one thing and both of you can answer one of you, but what's one thing that you wish you had known at the beginning of starting this journey that you know now? That's a great question. Honestly, for me, I think, I don't think I knew how hard some of the days were going to be. I think I thought I'm working with these people who are like my best friends. We all have the same ideas. We all just vibe really well together. We're creating this, these products that we're just so in love with and so excited about and that are so beautiful. I honestly, naively, I think, thought it would be kind of like all fun and games. But there are days just being super transparent that are really hard and that really test us. And I think I've cried a little bit more than I thought I would cry just because this means so much to us. And it is hard as a small brand, just trying to get your name out there and really get eyes on you. And I think a challenge we face is people, I want the price point to come off as like, wow, these products work so great and look at how affordable they are. And I feel like we are facing a little bit of an uphill battle where we're having to find ways to let people know like, no, these products are good enough to cost more, but we're wanting them to be more accessible. So that's a unique challenge. So I think for me, it's just like the complete roller coaster of how like the high highs and the low lows. I don't think I was quite expecting that, but I also wouldn't change it. I think it's it's what makes this journey so rewarding and honestly, what makes me so thankful to be able to do it with Michelle too. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think when you have so much passion for something, it's very easy to go into it assuming that people are going to immediately respond to that passion in the way that you do. And the reality is, is that it's competitive and there's a lot to be done where Like Katie said, we have great days where there are wins that we're celebrating and in a quick turn, it could become very tough because we're making decisions that not only impact our lives, but the lives of our team. And there's a lot of pressure on us with every decision we're making at this stage because they all feel so big and they are. But as Katie mentioned, also, we wouldn't trade that. And we know it's part of this journey and part of this process. And you know, I think that's why it's so incredible to have a partner that you connect with so closely and that ultimately has the same vision as you and have so much in common in terms of who we are as people, even outside of the business. And that's what makes us get through it together. But it's all exciting and terrifying at once. Um, But we love what we do. And we're just so proud to bring it to the world. Well, that's fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. We really appreciate learning a little more about you, good faith. And if our listeners want to reach out to you or learn a little bit more or take advantage of some of the advice that you might have, how can they reach you? Yeah, they can connect with us via Instagram at meetgoodfaith or on our website at goodfaith.com. 
Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We wish you well on your journey. And we have good faith in all of you that it's going to be a great journey ahead. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. It was great speaking with you both. This has been Beauty Is Your Business, produced by Mouth Media Network, copyright 2021. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network and find prior episodes at beautyisyourbusiness.com and wherever the best podcasts are found. Your brand message can be on this show. Email us to find out more at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Thank you for listening.